Welcome back to Omid Yomid. They were doing Daf Tes Vav Omid Beis 15b, learning in the merit of the hostages, the merit of our soldiers, that they should all come home soon, that the war should end in a way that's best for Israel, and we continue learning the Gemara. Says the Gemara, Re'elazer bin Hanina, another teaching him, So Haman turns to his wife, Zeresh, and he goes, All this is meaningless to me, because Mordechai won't bow down to me. Amar Elazar, Amar of Hanina. Excuse me, Bishash Shirah Haman, it's Mordechai Yosh Bishar Melech Omar, calls in a shavalin. When he saw Mordechai not bowing down to the king's gate, he said, All this is worthless to me. So why is that? So I'm explained because, you know, he was unable, he fixated on Mordechai, he fixated on what he didn't have, and not focused, instead of focusing on what he did have, because that's just the way of people who want more and more and more. They can have everything in the world, but they fixate on the one little thing they didn't have. Uh, a reference to Haman min Atar Minayim, where do you know Haman from the Torah? Hamin Ha'etz. So when Achash, um, God says to, to Adam, to eat from that tree. Again, Adam had everything he could, he could have wanted, he fixated on what he didn't have, and ultimately led to sin. So that's one way to understand it. However, the Gemara actually gives a bit of a deeper understanding, or more of a, a and he says it's actually a little a little bit more understandable in a way. Because as follows, Mordechai was very wealthy. And Haman's origins, was uh, he was very poor. So it seems to be, the Medrash says, that at one point he was so poor, he actually sold himself into slavery for two loaves of bread. And who did he sell himself to? He sold himself to Mordechai. Which means that every time he saw Mordechai not bowing down, not only was it a reminder of the fact that Mordechai didn't care to bow down to him, but actually it was a reminder of the fact that Mordechai was his owner. And that was really what bothered him. That really irked him. It teaches us that the treasures of wicked man are engraved on his heart. When he saw Mordechai sitting there, he said, all this is worthless to me. Okay, some more teachings from Rabbi Elazar in the name of Rabbi Hanina. God is going to, in the future, God is going to make a crown on the head of every righteous person. Shnemar, because the Pasuk tells us in Yeshayahu, the Pasuk says, In that day, Hashem, Master of Legions, will uh, be the, a crown of beauty and a crown of glory in the remnant of his people. And for a spirit of judgment to him that sits in judgment, and for strength to that who turns back um, back the battle to the gate. But they who also reel through wine and stagger through strong drink, the priest and the prophet reel through strong drink, they are confused by wine, they stagger through strong drink, they err in vision, they stumble in judgment. Okay, so we're, not, we're now going to uh, dissect these pesukim. Says the Gemara. What does, it, what does it mean, the crown of glory and the uh, crown of glory and the, um, the beauty of crown of beauty and the crown of glory? That those who do his will and those who await for his glory um, will get a reward. You might think anyone who uh, does God's will does his reward. Gets the reward, the remnant of his people, those who make themselves like remnants, i.e. those who remain humble. That if you exhibit hubris, even if you do the divine will, you don't get the reward. The Pasuk goes on to say, for a spirit of judgment, this is someone who judges his yetzer, his evil inclination, as in one who's able to 
prevent himself or repents from doing sins. Well, Yoshua said, Mishpat, one who sits in judgment, the one who renders absolute true judgment without any biases. Well, the Gavur run for strength, the one who overcomes his inclination. Those who turn back to battle, those who give and take in the battle of Torah, as in they debate in Torah, and that can get quite heated. There was, uh, I'm reading the biography now of Nathan Greenblatt, and it said one time he got so animated in an argument with someone who was young, when he was young and learning in Hebrew, and he stomped his foot and made a whole a small indent in the floor, and they never fixed it because they wanted to demonstrate to people when you get so engrossed in learning in the Machat Torah, look what that can bring, you, can bring to you. You can really get so animated and so excited, it can lead to like, such an opposite Torah that you break the floor, and they left it there. Okay. These are those who come early in the morning and stay late in the afternoon for studying and learn davening. See, listen to the following. The attributes of justice came before God, and they say, why, why, God, do you differentiate between the people of Israel and the people of the world? Meaning to say, it's seemingly only the people of Israel are afforded this sort of reward. God, the Jews engage in Torah. The nations of the world do not engage in Torah. Amalek said justice. Um, it says as well that the, the, the wicked Jews go to Gehenim. It's, um, they also reel through wine, stagger through strong drink. They stumble in judgment. This is referring to Gehenim. The word Paku stumble refers to Gehenim. And it says, this is in Shmuel, I believe. And this shall not be caused a stumbling block to you. Where Palila means to judge. And this is in Shemos. And he will pay as a judge determines. Okay, last week's parsha. Back to the uh, back to the Megillah. And Esther stands in the inner court of the king. As we said previously, she was in in, in she was in in, in uh, totally covered in the ensconced, if you will, in the shchenash that she had ruach kodesh. But on the way to the king, she had to pass through an inner chamber, which was in the palace, which was a chamber of idols, and the divine presence departed from her. The divine presence wasn't going to be in a place of such impurity. So Umra, she said, she, she said the famous words from Tehillim, to the effect that we say she actually composes Tehillim. Tehillim wasn't all composed by David. She composed this chapter. Uh, the chapter is chapter 22. She goes, Kaylee, Kaylee, Lom Azavtani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So then she tries to figure out why would God leave her? Perhaps you treat an inadvertent avera like an intentional one, or like a one committed under duress, like one committed willingly. Oh, Shem, or perhaps I'll shake across the Kelev, or because I called out Kelev, because it says further in the in the in the, uh, in the Psalm in Tehillim, Shemar Hatzila Mecherav Nashi Miyad Kelev Yechidisi. God rescue me from the sword. Rescue my soul from the sword, but only one from the grip of the dog, which is calling Achshar a dog. So later on, she calls him a lion. Shnemar Ushanim P Arias save me from the lion's mouth. Okay. When Achshar sees Alka, she wins favor in him, and he extends his golden scepter. Shabbat of Zahav. Amar of Yochanan, Gimel Malchus Shars Nizdam Nulabosasha. Three angels come to help her at this moment. Echad Shavigas Savar. One raises her neck. One endows her with some sort of uh, charm and charisma. One extends the scepter, king's scepter, towards her so that it showed he was trying to say, don't kill her, even though she came without being uh, called first, I want her here. The comma, how far is the scepter set? 
scepter uh, stretch. Omrev Yermia, It was originally two Amos, now became twelve. Vamar al Asar, some say it became sixteen. Vamar Al Arba came twenty-four. The Misnis Satana al Shisha became sixty Amos. Similarly, we have other places where something stretches. The Khinat Motiv Amtish Basparo that Pasparo, when she stretches her arm to get Moshe, she stretches it sixty Amos in it into the Nile, by the evil persons. The story is that Og, at the end of his life, he picked up a mountain wishing to annihilate the Jews, and ants came, and they ate, they bored a hole in the mountain, causing the mountain to fall on his neck, and then his teeth extended out and got stuck in the mountain, so he was stuck there, and after that, Moshe struck him in the, um, struck him in his, in, in his ankle. Okay. It says, the teeth of the wicked you have broken. Don't read a broken Allah. Shibris, you extend it. Okay. Rabbi Bar Afrod Amri Shimra Lazar Shashami Rabbi Mirabo. He said, I heard the name of my teachers, the name of their teachers, Messiah stretched 200 Amos. Okay. Next. Now we're going to try to discuss what takes place in the exchange between Achashverosh and Esther. Rabbi Melch Esther. Malch Esther, Malko, Makashtes, Archatia, Malko. I'll give you up to half of the kingdom. Says the Gemara. Chatia, Malko. Why why don't I give her half? Not the whole thing. So it says no below Dovrach Shachotz the Malchus. Not something that divides them the kingdom. She goes, I'm not going to give you or grant you the rebuilding of the temple, which would divide the kingdom. Okay. What does she say to him? She goes, I want you to come with Haman to this feast I'm preparing. Mara's going to know why did she invite Haman? It's going to give a number of reasons why would she invite Haman to this feast if she's if she's just trying to butter up Achishverosh before she makes a request by revealing her background and requesting that he uh, rescind the decree. So why invite Haman? Rabbi Elazar Pachim Tamelo. Elazar says she set a trap for him. As it says, my, may their table be called a trap for them. This is in Tehillim. Shenemar it says, Imrav Sonecha Hilchim If your enemy is hungry, give them bread. She was afraid that um, um, she invited Haman so he would not take counsel and rebel against the king. She was afraid that maybe Haman would uh, perhaps rebel against the king when he wasn't when the king was occupied with, with her. She did not want Haman to realize that she's a Jew and then maybe uh, try to uh, uh, do the do do um, his, his his annihilation earlier than Purim. Um, um, or, sorry, she had a different idea. This is very interesting. She said that if she didn't invite Haman, so people would just say, you know what, we're fine. Haman might want to kill us, but we have our, we have our in. We have our, our chief of staff, you know, the queen. She's the, she's a, she's a, she's a one of us. She'll take care of it. She'll ensure Achishverosh doesn't kill us. They won't bother davening. They'll neglect, neglect praying because they say, look, Esther will take care of us. Therefore, she made it look like that she gave it the appearance that she had forsaken the Jewish people. She had gone now into cahoots with Achishverosh and Haman. So the Jewish people were like, oh, they have no one but God to turn to in order to get Rachman, which was her clever ploy of ensuring the Jewish people continue davening. She wanted Haman near her at all times so that he could uh, make a mistake at some point in, in, in the presence of the king and, and trip up. Um, maybe they will cause God's uh, God's mercy to be aroused, and He will do a miracle. This is this is uh, really um, really um, shows you the depth of Esther's heroism. 
She hoped she would smile at Haman and you know, wink at him and basically give the impression she was having an affair with him so that the Ahasuerus would kill both her and Haman. She was willing to sacrifice her life for save the Jewish people. Ahasuerus was very uh, fickle-minded. He might go back on his word. Therefore, she wanted Haman present. So immediately when, when she revealed to Ahasuerus, Haman was the, who Haman was, Haman would kill her and wouldn't have time to... Uh, Ahasuerus would kill Haman, excuse me, and wouldn't have time to go back on his word. On Rabbi Gamaliel, that Rabbi Eliezer is what makes the most sense. The tiny Rabbi that she made the king jealous of him and she made the other nobles jealous of him. Okay, Rabbi Omar, that's not Shevra Gaon, probably causing for destruction. When they are hot, I'll pair their feast. Okay, fine. Says the Gemara. So, Ashkach Rabbi Ravu Alelio. Rabbi Ravua finds Eliyahu, and Amr lays Esther, Kaman Chazi Esther, Ba'avar Hachi. What was the reason? Of all the reasons we gave, why did Esther invite him? So what did he respond? Amr lay, Kuchu, Tanya, V'Kuchu, Amari. All these answers given by the time of Amram, all of them are correct. She had all these in mind. By Saprilehem, Haman has kavod Ashur V'Rav Banav. Haman recounted to them the glory of his wealth and all his many, many sons. How many sons did he have? Amr Lamdi had 30 sons. Ostrom Mesu, 10 died. Ostrom Nisalu, 10 were hanged, as we know. The Ostrom Mesu, 10 were so poor, they had to go knocking on doors begging for food. Actually, there were 70 sons who ended up in, in dire poverty. The Pasuk says in, I think it's Dylan as well, no, in Shmuel, it says, they who have, uh, those, those who are full have now hired themselves out for bread. Ought to be shevim. Don't read it as as full. Ella shivim as seventy. The Rambam bar Abba Amar kulan masayim is shemun avi. He had two hundred and eight children. Shnei of rov banav, and there were a large number of sons. And rov is two hundred eight. The rov megamachi masayim arvas avi, but rov was actually two hundred fourteen. Amar Yitzlak rov ksiv. It says rov without the vav. Okay, so Igmar continues. That night, the sleep of the king was disturbed. The king of the world was sleep was disturbed, as I say. He, the Hashem was woken up from his uh, and said, "It's time to rescue the Jews." And this is the turning point in the story. That the celestial creatures were stirred and the earthly creatures, Achashverosh, were stirred. No, it means Achashverosh's sleep was stirred. Why? He, he had the following thought. Why would Esther invite Haman? Maybe they're conspiring against me. They want to kill me. He said, Is there no one who loves me who tell me that, that they're trying to commit this plot to kill me? Tell me they're trying to kill me. You know what it is? Maybe they're trying to conspire to kill me. And the reason no one comes forth to uh, relate to me and expose this plot is because there was someone who did a favor for me. And I never rewarded them for it. And therefore, people want to desist. They say it's not worth it. They're not informing me. says, bring me the record book. Let me see. Let me check if someone did a favor for me who I never paid. And that's why no one is coming forth to relate to me and reveal to me this plot. Therefore, they read that this teaches they were read of them, that they were read of themselves. Okay, we'll stop over here. I wish you all. A wonderful day. We'll pick up tomorrow in Shul with uh, Daf Tez Zayin Amid Aleph.